Hi, welcome to another episode of Watch, Barter, and Bender. My name is Diane. And I'm Caleb. And this is a podcast in which two friends, usually us two, yeah. uh, trade movies from each other's recommended list and we barter and banter about them. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, uh, so like since the last episode or our first episode of this podcast, I finally, after, you know, um, a short amount of time, just like, what, six years, I finally reached a thousand subscribers. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, irony, irony aside, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, helping me finally meet that milestone. Uh, thank you for, uh, the old subscribers who actually is still interested in this channel and for the new people who you guys have probably come from crimson rogues channel and hopped on over to mine uh so again thank you so much uh for your interest in this channel uh yeah okay so for today uh what two movies uh did we trade and so for me diane recommended treasure planet um i guess it's one of those disney movies that i missed somehow early teen years yeah which makes sense and we'll definitely get into that yeah and for me caleb recommended like i said a little indie film uh produced in one. 2018 another disney one called infinity war of avengers infinity war <laughs> yeah. i think that's how it's pronounced yeah absolutely uh let's just start off with the big one here treasure okay. planet no i'm kidding no uh let's start off with avengers infinity war I yeah guess since i was the one who recommended it to you um i think part of the reason i wanted you to see it is because it, it's the avengers um i feel like yeah the marvel movies right in this time period have ascended to that like it's culture now it's not just yeah a film it is ingrained into the fabric of society as far as i'm concerned oh yeah um, it's ascended to the point of like star wars or you know, yeah no it's easily. like modern day myth yeah no it's modern day myth i mean you know like superheroes in general it takes so much influence from greek mythology yeah or just any type of mythology in general um and yeah whether we knew it or not especially way back when when it was just seen as like a very niche thing Mm -hmm. um a very niche subculture that was only meant for like little kids or geeks or whatnot it yeah it slowly built into this giant very mainstream thing that everyone knows about now yeah yeah um but yeah should we would it be redundant of us to uh i guess give a recap of uh, the premise of this movie? Sure, why don't you give a recap of the premise of this movie? Okay, so anyway, this movie is about superheroes and they're fighting Queen Beryl, who's after the silver moon crystal that's been split into seven rainbow crystals and they have to get these crystals before Queen Beryl does because she wants to use the collective powers of it to take over the world. No, that's not it, is it? <laughs> Sailor Moon. When you put it that way, it's like, oh my goodness, that's... I guess there's like that saying, there's nothing new under the sun. It's like... Yeah, no, everything's a cliche. It's like, oh, get the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin powers the Thingamatron, and the Thingamatron will yeah. take over the world. Yeah, and by no means am I, like, aside from that really corny joke, I know, I'm not... That's not at all like a criticism towards this movie. It's just one of those plots that 
has existed forever and it just happens to be the plot of this movie uh, like by no means does that make it a bad thing yeah yeah so what was your overall feeling from watching this movie so like the first time we watched it um it was at your house and yeah like by that time it was already on netflix and far too long to watch yeah and i think i did a decent job in protecting myself from spoilers mm -hmm. There was a few things that that did um, uh, that I wasn't able to avoid. Mm -hmm. For one thing, I knew like I for one thing I knew a lot of people died, but mm -hmm. that was already an expectation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did know like Spider Man died. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But okay. yeah. So my first initial uh, reaction of this movie uh, was actually fairly an underwhelming one mm. you know explain um yeah well like when the movie first came out i knew it was a big deal but for whatever reason i just wasn't as hyped about it like i was happy the movie came out i had every intention of seeing it but it just the timing of whatever my schedule was just never worked out mm -hmm. and i guess by that point to as much as I am a fan of this franchise, I'm like a pretty casual fan. Okay, fair. Right? Like, so even if I miss it in theaters, I'll, I'm just like, yeah, I'll catch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it comes out on Netflix or it's available on DVD oh, you're or whatnot. So different from me. Going opening night, there's something about the opening night energy. Yeah, you know what? Like, I never cared too much about going opening night. But now I, I'm going to try to do that more mm -hmm. because I learned my lesson from not watching this movie in theaters. Mm. And I, we watched Endgame together on yeah. opening night. And I think... Oh, man, that was good. <laughs> th that was one of the best movie experiences of mm -hmm. my life. Just the energy in that theater. I get it now, yeah. right? Compared to that, I watched Infinity War in the comfort of Caleb's home. It's pretty comfortable uh, there, yeah, I say. Yes, it was. Um... Maybe a little too comfortable because I was, I found the whole experience a little oh, underwhelming. Man. Yeah, and again, like, I I like the movie. I came out entertained by it. Mm -hmm. But I guess because by that point, there was all this hype around it. And all of my friends were telling me to go see it. Mm -hmm. And it just tied all of the previous movies together. And the writing and just the size of this movie was just a just a giant accomplishment onto itself mm -hmm. I, it just didn't wow me the way it did and mm -hmm. again it again i think it's just because the hype around it was so big mm -hmm. again i didn't know what to expect from it i just went in very neutral still mm -hmm. and and it's like okay let's see what this movie can do mm -hmm. and first time viewing it i was like yeah but i think it was because again the hype and I also knew a bunch of people died mm -hmm. and enough time has passed that mm -hmm. I just didn't have the same energy for this movie, the mm -hmm. same type of anticipation fair, I did. Fair. But, and I still didn't quite get why people loved this movie so much. I mean, I got it, mm -hmm. but I didn't truly understand, maybe I didn't really truly understand the emotion people had about this mm -hmm. movie until I watched one of those YouTube videos with, you know, you could hear the audience reactions. 
And then I finally got it. I'm like, oh, okay. I missed out on that collective movie theater going experience mm -hmm. you have with, you know, a bunch of strangers, but you're all watching and feeling the same thing and just seeing the shock. I mean, experiencing the shock oh, of all those kills and I, okay. yeah for me i remember watching like so you, you knew i i expected vision to go because he had one of the infinity stones in his head right um i didn't expect wanda to stay alive i expected cap or iron man to go in this movie right um i think when it was the, when uh t'challa disappeared that was the point i'm like are you he just had a movie yeah. He just had a movie like two months ago. That was, and then he's gone. And yeah. it, I was just like, I, I don't, what? That yeah. blew my mind. Completely blew my mind. And then like, right. I remember in the, in the showing for the theater uh, that I went to, when someone grew, it was like, oh, snapped yeah. away. There's a lady in the audience. She's like, no! Oh, <laughs> like, God. It yeah. Was, oh, man. That... And I, I actually remember standing with my coworkers at the, at the end of the show. And... We stood in a circle, like, you know, you do have yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And we were like, there was another showing right after us. And, you know, like, we're the kind of people... Like, part of the reason, like, my manager and them, like, going on opening night is to, is to avoid spoilers. Right. So we stood there, like, absolutely dumbfounded and silent. And we're like, all I could say is, I can't believe that movie. I literally can't believe that movie. Like, what did it do to me? It... Were, yeah. you, were you really emotional oh, afterwards? Oh, I was... Yeah, I was I was taken aback by how how do I say it? Like it was it's structurally the movie's well structured, first of all. It is very well the structured. Characters are well balanced. Yeah. Um you feel like there was no character that got too much screen time and no character that got too little. Like I felt like all the characters, all the representation they needed to do was done in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, which was amazing on the the, the screenwriters and then the, the directors of the movie. They just balanced it super and the editors did yeah, just did a great job. Yeah, they uh, yeah, there was just so many plot points mm -hmm. and and the setup for a lot of the jokes, the oh, comedy yeah. from other movies, and they just tied everything together. And I kept hearing about that, but I guess yeah, the one thing that really did disappoint me was again I knew a bunch of things were being tied together. Mm -hmm. um, even just an Infinity War, not even talking about Endgame, but I just felt it wasn't as complete, which makes sense too, because again, this is just a first part, yeah. right? Um, you know what? Another thing I guess maybe made me less motivated to watch this movie was because I really did not care too much about the Thanos plotline. Mm, okay. You know, like when I would be watching the other movies preceding this movie, mm -hmm. um, is preceding the right word? Yeah. The previous movies. Yeah. Um, anytime they threw in like a, you know, a side scene or like, a t you know, they drop in a hint about Thanos or mm -hmm. the Infinity Stones. I'm like, I don't care. Can we go back to the, <laughs> to the main superhero? Because like, again, I'm a very casual superhero fan. I, like, I don't read the comics. I just pick up whatever factoids I can from friends and the internet and mm -hmm. uh, the movies I'm watching. Uh, so, like, I really could not have cared less about Thanos mm -hmm. until this until I finally did watch this movie. Mm -hmm. um, 
But that being said, it, it's still a really great movie. I did have a chance to rewatch this movie just last as night. As one should. As one should. And I have to say, um, I definitely appreciated mm. it a lot more. What did you, what was the difference between the previous viewing and this current viewing? What did you find that you appreciated more about the movie? I guess because at this second time watching, you know, I, I knew the plot better. Hmm. You know, I get what you mean. Uh, because, yeah, like the way this movie opens too, it just throws you right into mm -hmm. chaos, right? There's no slow buildup. It's like, bam, uh, Loki's and Thor's ship is just completely massacred and Thor is half dead and Thanos is there. And yeah, like for somebody, especially again, like me, very casual, laid back fan who does not keep up with every single detail of every single movie. Um, that was, I guess, very jarring for me the first time. Did you actually watch Thor Ragnarok before you saw this? I one? did. Okay. I absolutely did. So I knew it took place right afterwards, but mm -hmm. still it was, I guess, that type of beginning was very jarring for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm used to like a slow warm up mm -hmm. or not. Yeah, just at least a little bit of a warm up before you know, pistols start but firing. You, you watched the end credits of uh, Thor Ragnarok. I did. Well. Oh, okay. yeah. Like with the ship showing up in front of them. Yeah. Right when they were having uh, a nice brotherly moment. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess that beginning was jarring mm -hmm. and probably, of course, by design. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think second time watching it, I was more warmed up to the plot. Okay. And I was less concerned with trying to remember all of these details from past mm. movies about the stones and Thanos. And again, those were plot points I didn't really care about much. And I guess it was finally paying off. And um, second time around, I knew why I should care. Mm. Um, Do you, you've seen uh, Endgame since and before rewatching Infinity War? Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So I watched Infinity War mm. and then in Endgame and then Infinity War again just last night. So yeah. Mm. But yeah, other things I did like about this movie that impressed me. I love how even though it was the big climax of the movie, uh, the big ending, I love the quiet execution of it mm. because of anything, it was just them dissolving into dust and just how quiet and smoothly and peacefully it happens mm -hmm. with like no resistance from them because they don't know what's happening. And just, I think uh, just the way they did that, it just lent itself to how just helpless the situation was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's man. like, you might as well try to stop the wind from blowing mm -hmm. because it's done. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I remember just the, that line uh, when Thanos is like, you should have gone through the, for the head. And you're like, I'm like, yeah, he should have gone for the head. Why don't they but ever go just for like, the And then he snaps head. and you're like, oh, shoot. For me, another thing too was like, yeah, we finally get more um, of the characters meeting one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that which of course that was really fun for me. Did you um, expect the movie to be as funny as it was? Uh, I guess that was another thing about this movie. Uh, when I first watched it, I didn't find myself laughing that much. Mm, okay. And it wasn't because I thought the jokes were bad. I'm like, those are good jokes. It, mm -hmm. just, it just didn't make me laugh. I think there's some jokes in some shows that are just, they're funny, but they're not like, yeah. ha ha funny. Like I find Fun. like, there's yeah. some, it's like, I think it was the show 30 Rock. 
I really enjoyed that show. I think partly because I used to watch it with my sister. And it was amusing, but I don't feel like I laughed a lot, although I really enjoyed the humor because it was just like, it was yeah. witty and snappy, but it wasn't like, yeah, like Homer Simpson choking Bart kind of, I don't know. It's like, there's some slapstick kind of humor that just makes me laugh out loud. And there's stuff that I'm like, ah, that's, that's really clever. Yeah, that's true. And it's, um, it makes me think about like, again, maybe again, if I was feeding off of the energy of an audience around mm -hmm. me, if I would have been way more prone to laugh because mm -hmm. that's totally a thing. It's yeah. a psychological effect. What about with Infinity War when you watched it in theaters? Was there? No, there was a lot of people laughing. I, yeah. I genuinely, gen like at the audience I was with, genuinely found it humorous. And it was weird because I, I guess, considering how it started off, mm -hmm. it was like, it was just like, humbling like to see like the part where those like we've got a hulk and then the hulk just like starts smashing on thanos and then thanos yeah. just tools him like it's nothing yeah and, and then like, he kills oh, kills loki in the first 10 oh. minutes i yeah um i was not expecting them to I kill don't think loki. anybody was expecting like to be choked out on screen like that like again I, I knew his death was a possibility mm -hmm. because again i knew like a bunch of people died mm -hmm. but to kill off like the fan favorite. Yeah, one like, of the fan favorite villains. Yeah. Right away. And right after he has his redemption arc and mm -hmm. he's getting closure with Thor mm -hmm. and it looks like they might be a family again and then just to kill him off like within the first, like it ha didn't it hasn't even hit the 10 minute mark. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and it's just, that was really crazy for me. That was, that oh, was that shocking. Was, uh... But again, I love the chemistry in this movie. Mm -hmm. All the actors were, every single one of them was on their A game. Mm -hmm. uh, they were, no, there was no weak chain mm -hmm. as, as far as I was concerned. Um, yeah, but it just didn't make me laugh as much. And maybe uh. again, has everything to do with the fact that maybe I wasn't with an audience. Um, and again, I was kind of like lackluster about this movie to begin with because I didn't care about Thanos, but yeah. Man, this was like 10 and years in the making. I know, I don't know why. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't understand, but. Yeah, but I like the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do. Um, I will say, um, we should we not get into spoilers with Endgame? I know at this point it's so late in the game, but I like think everybody knows. everybody knows. I'll try to still withhold some details. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say uh, what everybody was saying about Infinity War that oh, it's such a big payoff to everything mm -hmm. and it ties everything together. I didn't get that from Infinity War, but I sure as hell got it from Endgame. Mm. What I was lacking in Infinity War, Endgame made up for that. Fair. I was like, everything came together. Uh, the closure for everyone's plot lines. We can argue until we're blue in the face about what worked, what didn't. But mm. as a whole, I really loved Endgame. Mm -hmm. um, more so than Infinity War. Mm. And I know Endgame definitely has some very confusing plot issues i'm not let's not even get into that because i wouldn't even know where to begin and i it's i, I, I we can get into that i think it's simple it's like i <laughs> the movie was well it's a well-told story it was the element of time travel as much so as i didn't i wish they had gone another means to get to the same end they told a good story with that device like time yeah. travel it's like i it's it's one of the cheapest tricks in the book it feels yeah 
the writers, the directors, the editor, they did a great job telling the story with time travel that felt satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh yeah, one thing I did want to bring up too was the Russo brothers directed yeah. both these movies as well as like the Captain America movies yeah. or one Two movie. Of Two of them. Yeah, yeah the Civil War and Winter Soldier. Um, I will say um, Infinity War. Best looking movie out of the bunch. Best looking? Okay. I liked how much more colorful it was. Mm. Because, and again, I think the setting of the story lends itself to that. Mm. Um, because you're going from like outer space to Wakanda to New York and Mm. Uh, now Doctor Strange is in this, and um, he has his own aesthetic. Um, so yeah, mm. I thought it was nice to see a little bit more color, because Russo Brothers, the tone of their movies, Marvel movies so far, it's um, it's still very comedic and cheerful, uh, which is what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is known for, but uh, still there's that somberness to it. Mm -hmm. And I know they've been criticized for not having the best looking cinematography like everything is competently shot mm -hmm. and it serves the purpose of the story but some shots are kind of like uninspired and I the color grading is kind of eh. um i've heard that criticism applied to a not just russo brother movies but all of the marvel movies which i kind of both agree and disagree with mm -hmm. uh but yeah infinity war um i thought was definitely way more interesting and pleasing to look at yeah you know what i agree you agree straight up yeah yeah now that i think about it you're like hmm that's true yeah i feel like the the captain americas were a bit desaturated in their tone yes it definitely um, was yeah endgame was endgame wasn't the worst but yeah i know what you mean it was yeah. No, Endgame definitely wasn't the worst. And but again, it, yeah, it, I feel like with with all the variations of locations for Infinity War, I definitely see what you're coming from. And yeah, I agree. Yeah, but all in all, uh, yeah, I really liked Infinity War. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not my favorite. Um, Endgame was just so emotionally satisfying. Mm. Um, yeah, everything I think I should have felt in Infinity War, I felt it in Endgame. Hmm. And again, it kind of, it, it kind of does make me feel bad for missing Infinity War in theaters. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, this was the cultural experience I missed was, out on. I don't think anybody who was going to see that movie, like for people, if you hadn't heard about Thanos, if you hadn't heard about him, actually, like what he does with the Infinity Gauntlet, mm -hmm. you wouldn't know that uh, he wipes out half the life in the universe in one snap like I, I expected it to come like i knew that was going to happen i just yeah for who whom was going to be wiped out that was that was circumstantial i guess and then you found out in the movie um yeah would you say like again i'm not uh, what do you think uh the general expectation was for people going into infinity war like you like people knew people were gonna die yeah people knew people were gonna die because even if you paid attention to like the the contracts you know like this is one of the a lot of the actors last contracts right yeah so you're like yeah somebody somebody's either gonna, like something's gonna happen but um, I don't know if, like, the general public knew who was, like, knew that that's how a lot of, like, they knew it was two-part. I don't think they knew why it was two-part. Right. I... Were they not expecting Thanos to win, I guess? I don't think, I don't think a lot of, I was like, I was like, yeah, he's gonna snap half the life away. And I was like, it's gonna happen. I just, 
But did you? Like, did you know anything about Thanos? Did you know that what was going to happen? Did you... Oh, I'm trying to remember. Um... I don't think... I don't know if I had any theories. I just hmm. knew a lot of people died and people were freaking out. But I just... I, I didn't... I guess I'm not that type of person to play with play out different theories in my head unless I'm like a super, super fan, mm. which, you know, admittedly I'm not, but I do really enjoy this universe. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, I just kind of went into this movie with a very blank slate and I'm like, show me what you got. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, second time viewing it, I, I definitely appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, aside from like Loki, what other deaths were you shocked you i think it was uh, t'challa was the one that i think it was the fact that a lot of the newer characters went away like when peter yeah. when peter park like when most of the guardians of the galaxy left i was like oh what the oh yeah all i of was them? just like everybody except for rocket and nebula and i was like what yeah like i think it, yeah it was just the fact that you the people who I expected to go didn't. Yeah. That shocked me. I'm like, they killed off all the new guys. Yeah, I would have loved to have been in the writer's room when they were discussing, mm -hmm. okay, who has to go. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they had, like, pictures on a board and they were like... Yeah. 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 Uh, that would have been a fascinating process to witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, should we segue to the other movie? Yep, Treasure Planet. Mm. Okay. So I wanted you to watch this movie because it's like one of those movies with a cult following. Mm -hmm. It When it first came out, it did not do well. In fact, I'm sure a lot of you Disney aficionados already know it is the to this date, it is the biggest failure in Disney animation history when it comes to the animated movies. It made 35 million domestically no, I mean, and, 38 million domestically. Oh, 38 million domestically in just North America in general, and only 100 million worldwide. Oh, yeah. And it cost 140 million to make. So it didn't or just barely broke even. Yeah. yeah. Broke even. And, and apparently, this movie was just incredibly expensive to make, and mm. it utilized a lot of new technology at the time. Um, but yeah, I just wanted you to watch this movie because, again, it was one of those movies that did not do well in the box office. But when it finally did come out on DVD, mm -hmm. more and more people started mm -hmm. to get to know it and then realize, oh, holy crap, this is a pretty great movie, which I totally agree with. Uh, what, is, what was your first impression of this movie? Hmm. My first impression of the movie was... I get what they were trying to do, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping I would. Right. I was really hoping I would. Um, like, I didn't relate to the main character. Okay. I think that's what it was. And there was just some weird things about the story that kind of just put me off a little bit. What, what was it about One the story? One of the things that actually bothered me real truthfully was the fact that the they were ships, like pirate ships in space. And it's like... There was no atmosphere. There was like, there was just an, like, it was just like an air and you could just fly through space. That, 
I'm one of those people that can do willful suspense of disbelief. Right, yeah. But for whatever reason, I'm like, I just don't accept this. I accepted it. It's space it's like, pirates. Like, I know it's space pirates, but at least like have some sort of force field dome that goes around the ship oh to give it God. atmosphere. Like, I, I think the solar sail thing is cool. Yeah. Like, I think it's really cool, but I just, I, I felt it's not space. It's like the sky extended. Yeah. It just, it's just one of those things that I'm just like, I don't like this creative choice. Fair enough. I mean, it's like, it looks cool, I will say, um, but I just, I don't like it at a, a creative choice standpoint. I feel like they could have done some more interesting things if they made the ship have an atmosphere. I get kind of get why they wanted to do it. Yeah. But even just like a force field over top of the thing and you have to go up the like special force field thing to go out into space. I think it would have made the, the movie a little bit more interesting in some ways. Okay, fair enough. Um, but... I, I was not bothered by that at all. Like, I know you're definitely not the first person mm -hmm. to talk about this force field around ships. Um, but again, I just see it as like pure fantasy yeah, just, like, whatever. Like, do you need to know the ecology of Never Never Land? Like, no, just shut up and enjoy but magic. Like, I, there's one thing about magic on Earth. Like, it's... Yeah. You, you Kids flying, that makes sense. You're a spirit, go fairy, but, but we know space. It's like you go up there, yeah. there's no atmosphere, there's no oxygen, you die. Yeah. That's it. That's space. And to kind of go against it, like, even in some shows where you have animals flying in space, I'm like... I get it, but at the same time, like, those are weird space animals, and it's like, I understand there's weird things in space. Like, they had space whales in this movie. Right. But I'm like, I like, like, Star Wars did, there's like the, what's it called? The I think it's the Star Wars Rebels had space whales of sorts. Okay. Um, But those space whales, like, had hyperspeed and, like, it just it made more sense in that universe. Because I know, you know, once you go outside the ship, unless you have protective gear, yeah. you're gonna die. Fair enough. I just, I, that just bothered me. Okay. Um, I think what it comes down to it is, like, I rewatched, I guess we watched this the same day that we watched Avengers. Yeah. And since then, I've rewatched Aladdin, and that movie is airtight. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, such yeah. a... And for context, uh, la the directors, the two directors that directed Treasure Planet, they directed Aladdin as well. Yeah, so... In terms of the story for Aladdin, like, I feel like right off the hop, like, you... Mm -hmm. The mystery is built. The... You like the character. Like, Aladdin's a great character. It's like, he's... Yeah. As much so as he has to steal to survive, he... You can see that he's selfless and caring. Yeah. I guess when it comes down to it, because there's one scene that I feel like was missing, and they had it in the, what's it called? The one of the deleted scenes where... Yeah, so one thing me and Caleb kept talking about when it came to Treasure Planet, uh, there's this really great deleted scene. Really great deleted scene. Yeah, where Jim, it's basically kind of been hinted at that he's been raised by the single mom, and she's completely at her wit's end because he keeps getting into trouble and she's trying to run a business and like there are no employees at that end of hers <laughs> like she's just doing everything herself and yeah she has this crazy teenage son that just keeps getting in trouble with the law and in this deleted scene 
you see Jem momentarily connect with this like really adorable alien child mm -hmm. um and he's about to help this kid fix his like windsurfer or whatnot only for the kid's dad to finally come in and cut that tie and say i'm gonna do that thanks mm -hmm. and yeah it's basically jim witnessing everything he's missed out on with his dad yeah yeah um it's a very poignant scene well it's this and i think for what how the movie is structured because you see him as a boy then you have that awesome transition where it's just like into like a teenagehood and he's on his like solar sail zipping around yeah that scene's sweet i really like that scene um and then he gets home he gets reprimanded by the police and his mom and yeah. then he's on the roof and he could he could hear his mom talking about it's like well he's he's got issues since his dad left and it's like you just see him on the roof reacting to dialogue and if you were to watch the movie without dialogue like if he was muted yeah. i don't feel like you would get the same story like you know how you watch something without dialogue and you can tell the story just by what's happening yeah. on screen yeah that's it's usually like a barometer for how good a movie can be yeah if you could actually tell what's going on by mm -hmm. by just the visuals alone that means it's very it has a very good visual storytelling yeah yeah um if you have that extra scene just the way the movie is, with him on the roof, without dialogue, you wouldn't be able to really... You just say, oh, he's upset because he got home and was reprimanded. But the exposition from his mom speaking is what drives that scene. Yeah. I, on standalone, him just sitting pouting on the roof, it doesn't really hold much weight to me. Emotional weight to me. Yeah, that's a good point. If you add it to that scene with him and seeing the boy and the, the boy's dad, I feel like that scene, it's like... I get it. Yeah, it's like you he's get it. Isolating himself because he feels ashamed. You feel like you get it. like you get it regardless, but it would just amplify the importance of that scene. And yeah, I feel like that was. You're right. That scene, I think for me, it's like overall the the emotional tone of the movie. Like I just like he just seems like a pouty teen who just rebellious for no reason. You the montage scene with him and his dad, like seeing him and interact with his dad and interact with the the cyborg. Yes, um, Captain Silver. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good scene, I will say, but I feel like I just I just it would have been stronger. That one, that one scene, I think, would have made me emotionally attached to that kid yeah. and understand him more. Yeah, man, that de that deleted scene, I feel like it's such a deal breaker for you. It was like I remember you showing me after the movie, and I'm like, that one scene would have changed my complete perspective of that movie. Wow, that's one hundred percent. It wasn't there. I don't know why they didn't put it in. Did you have any expectations going into this movie? Like, I thought it was gonna be a good movie. Like, I think like Disney. Disney usually does characters well. Yes. Like you, that's one thing. Like you can't. Is there a movie like that they don't really do characters well? Maybe there's some of the live action stuff. Yeah, some of the live action stuff, and I guess like some of the later animated films that I've never seen. I hear Chicken Little is like god awful. They did an animated, and it's part of like the Disney animated feature film canon. Mm -hmm. There was there's a computer animated movie yeah, called Chicken Little. Yeah, I remember that. One. And I hear it's just awful. Well, that's computer animation, like a classical animation specifically. Classical animation? I could not stand Black Cauldron. I don't think I've ever seen Black Cauldron. I do. Sure, that's definitely not on my list. So, I, I I'll spare you from that one unless you want to watch mm. it yourself. But it's definitely not on my recommended list. Okay. Yeah, I do kind of agree with you about 
Maybe they should have kept that deleted scene. I don't know why they kept it out. Maybe it was because of length mm -hmm. or, you know, we've both been behind the camera making creative decisions about story. Mm -hmm. Maybe it just didn't play out as well when they watched it. It'd be interesting to hear like director's commentary why that scene was left out. Yeah, I know there there's a bit of it because that scene is included in the DVD and they do talk about Oh, really? The scene previously. That being said, with what they did keep in this movie, I thought was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, like, how old you were and what was your attitude towards Disney movies when this movie came out? Because that was around... So what year did this movie come out again? It was like 2000... It was like early 2000s, yeah. Okay, I would have been how old? 12? I, I think I wanted to see it because I always liked Disney movies, particularly right. Disney adventure movies. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. Um, I don't even know why. Like, I guess I didn't go to movies much when I was that age. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to see it, so I was like, well, I, I just didn't. <laughs> you just didn't? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a really so big movie-going family. While I'm looking this up on my phone. What's um, the date of the movie? Or? 2002. It came out 2002. 2002, I would have been, like, 14 or something? Like yeah, that? I would have been dating myself. Um, I think... I would have been like 15 years old and mm -hmm. yeah, around that time too, I was probably kind of a little grown, maybe growing out of my Disney phase, mm -hmm. like still a fan. But yeah, I think at that point too, um, 2002, the Disney Renaissance kind of had already ended mm -hmm. and 2002, that's seven years since Toy Story was released. And then Shrek. It's such a shame this movie wasn't appreciated the way I think it deserves to be when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I think on paper, you would kind of almost half expect this movie to do at least fairly well. Yeah. Because like up until that point, Disney movies, they were about like princesses mm -hmm. and, and fairy tales and whatnot. And then out comes this movie. It's like about an angsty teen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like all the kids that grew up in the early 90s with the fairy tale movies are now at the right age to appreciate a character like Jim Hawkins, mm -hmm. who's like an angsty teen and my parents don't understand me and mm. I'm so lost and confused. You would think that they're like the right demographic for it. Yeah. But unfortunately, because of what was going on in the industry at the time uh, and them having to compete against the likes of DreamWorks. Uh, Is that the same year The Iron Giant came out? The Iron Giant? Um, I don't know. But again, another animated movie that sunk that movie was so good. No, that movie, that again... was like one of the... Oh, man. Another very much underappreciated classic. And 100%. people did not know what they were missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, like 2D animation was just not having it in the early 2000s because mm -hmm. people were just like jumping on computer animation. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there was no tomorrow. Uh, but oh, what, what did you like about this movie? Hmm. What did I like? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you, there's, there's a few things. There's a few things. I The transitions. Oh, the transitions were so good in this movie. Yeah, fantastic editing. Yeah. And especially when it comes to like 2D animated movies in general, mm. all of that was probably planned out meticulously mm. in pre-production. I think... Yeah, and... All except for the one character. That robot, that robot was the worst. Yeah. 
absolute worst character. Um, all about him. I liked the characters. I don't necessarily feel like the writing was... Sometimes there's movies where the writing doesn't, doesn't suit the character. Right. And I feel like that was one of the movies. Like, I love the captain. The captain of this shit. Captain Amelia. Yeah, she was... Tart or something, I yeah. I don't remember. Names, I, for whatever reason, I'm so bad at picking out names in movies. I'm just like, oh, the yeah. person with that, that looks like yeah. that. But she's voiced by Emma Thompson. Yeah, she was great. I really yeah. liked it. Um, yeah, she was, was amazing. I think I liked the sequencing of the movie. Like, in terms of the story, like, I guess it's based off a, a book. And yeah, the novel, yeah. Um... The movie was well well paced, well sequenced. Um, one other things, I feel like I feel like with some movies when there's one issue that I really have, it's just it's the only thing I can focus on. So it wasn't the worst movie. It was entertaining. Right. Say, say um, well, we were rewatching it. Uh, you know, at least I think we got through like the first third or half of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, before we started recording, mm -hmm. uh, you were you were saying you were a little well, bit yeah, more. Well, yeah, I was just like I do I do appreciate a little bit more of the the relationship between uh, Silver Silver and Jim. Jim. I realized it was a little bit more emotional the aspects of it that I would give it credit for, like that the the montage mm -hmm. in particular. I really like the montage of seeing him like warm up, considering uh, Jim is like talking model Silver. Yeah, because he knows he's he's the cyborg in question. Right. But just that dynamic when when they're first in the the kitchen and he's like, well, you know this 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 and like, oh, you that's you yeah. must be another cyborg. I like that scene. It's I think it gives, yeah. it, it's interesting because it sets it up. It's like because they both know that they're very suspicious of each other. They're very suspicious of each other, but it's interesting like how they they come to appreciate one another and it's yeah. like Jim finds a, a father figure in Silver. Even that that scene where he's he starts tearing up after uh, what's it called, Mister Pinchers cuts the yeah when he he cable. thinks he was responsible yeah. for the death of the like, first mate yeah he's like no it's like yeah but he reaffirms him he's like no you have potential and it's like you will yeah. be able you just need to push yourself and see what you're made of and it's like he never heard those words before yeah it's a and great scene um I think it's like one of those movies that I think really captures the spirit of like. Not only just like a father-son dynamic mm -hmm. um there's like a really a great mentorship between those two mm -hmm. uh in a disney animated movie anyway it was really nice to see that and again like what you were saying about kind of like their tense power dynamic when they first meet mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of intrigue in disney animated movies mm. yeah which i feel like makes this movie pretty unique mm -hmm. Yeah, and even, like, again, it's not, not the most sophisticated example because, again, it's, like, for kids. Mm -hmm. But still, it's cool to see that in mm -hmm. a Disney movie. You don't see that a lot, mm -hmm. like, intrigue and mind games and whatnot. Yeah. So that I feel like that's one unique aspect this movie has going for it. Also, too, again, even though it's set in this, like, crazy science fantasy world mm -hmm. and it's the plot of Treasure Planet, I liked how they made the characters like Jim and his mom so down to earth mm -hmm. and dealing with problems real life people go through. Like mm -hmm. she's a single mom, he's out of control. He has some like some severe abandonment issues. And again, it's a shame that um, our generation, especially when this movie came out, we were too grown up for mm. cartoons because this was like kind of right up our alley. But I guess we were just you know, too involved in 
new technologies and yeah. more grown-up movies. But I really like this movie, but you definitely think out of the two directors' roster, this is the weaker I movie. I 100% feel it's like the weaker, like Aladdin. And Little you Mermaid. You the bar high. Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid, I can't yeah, say, Little Mermaid's a great movie. Yeah. It's kind of appropriate we're reviewing Treasure Planet because it's also directed by a duo of directors that That's are known true. to work together mm -hmm. constantly. So John Musker, uh, Ron Clements, I always get their first names mixed up with their surnames. Yeah, so those two, they've worked together in Disney, I think, since like at least the 70s. Mm -hmm. And they've animated on like movies like um, The Fox and the Hound, I know they worked on. The Great Mouse Detective, followed mm -hmm. by Little Mermaid, and then Aladdin. Which is like both of our the favorites. Again. It's been a while. It's good. It, it still holds up so well. And then, of course, Hercules. Um, Which I did rewatch recently. Yep. I, I, really? Uh, Her I, okay, Hercules is one of my favorite Disney movies. It has really good elements. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's as It's definitely a weaker movie. It's, it's not, not as less tight. tight. Story. Um, yeah, in terms of like Disney directors for animated movies, these two are definitely my favorite. Mm. I feel like even when they're on their off game, I'll still end up enjoying their movie. Mm -hmm. And I really recognize these two having a really strong comedic voice. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, something that's very... Uh, except for that robot, man. That yeah, that robot, robot was a big misstep. Voiced by, again, the very funny Martin Short is just... Man, they needed to tone him down. Yeah. yeah. I just, I find that there's certain characters in movies where you're just like, I find, like, I like kind of like, sometimes it's fun when you deal with an obnoxious character or a flamboyant character, but there's just like, there's a threshold that you cross. And I really feel like, oh man, if, if somebody put that robot in a, a volcano, just melt him. Yeah. And just like, it was, he was just the worst. I just like obnoxious, stupid characters. I just can't stand them. Right. Just like every moment you're like, somebody break that thing. Smash it. Just smash it. Yeah. I hated the robot so much. Fair enough. Yeah, I know. And you knew it because you like you could see the hole in his head. You're like, that thing, the map's gonna fit in his head and he's he's important. Why is he important? Can he just not like Yeah. Oh Yeah. Well like you know what? One um interesting pattern i've noticed when it comes to the plot of treasure planet mm. is i always get bored the second they arrived on the island and i think i just realized what it why that is is because again going back to the tension between silver and gem mm -hmm. there's all this like tense energy between them while at the same time they're bonding mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden all of that energy is it's like letting air out of a balloon the second they hit the island because now they both know that they're against each other and mm -hmm. all of that intensity mm -hmm. is is kind of gone mm -hmm. i think there's something to be said about uh tension in small quarters too yes yeah because they're like, trapped on the ship yeah, they have nowhere like, else to go there's just that way that way that way that way that way and it's like it's all death <laughs> it's yeah like, you're screwed anywhere you go, so you have to cooperate with these people. Yeah. To ensure your safety. But once you get to the island, it's like they run off with the captain and what's his face, the the scientist dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, doctor, uh, doctor, d d something Doppler, but he's my favorite character in this movie. Why is he your favorite character? 
Well, he's just super funny. He has some of the best lines in this movie. Mm -hmm. And again, back to these two directors having a very strong comedic voice, I felt that this movie was no exception. It mm -hmm. had like this quick, snappy, mm -hmm. fast-paced dialogue, mm -hmm. which I love. Mm -hmm. Dr. Doppler, he, he just had some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah. He had a very clear, strong arc. Um, yeah, I thought he was hilarious. I much prefer the captain. You much prefer the captain? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like, I much prefer the captain. Yeah, she like, had... She's, like, spunky and, like, strong and, like, intelligent. Yeah, she also had some amazing lines as mm -hmm. well. It's just oh, like, yeah, let me make like... this as monosyllabic as possible. <laughs> she's like, oh, so condescending. Classy. She I is just... awesome. Yeah, classy, but really bitchy at the same oh, time. Man. I love that. There's certain, she's certain awesome. way you can insult people with just like, you can just be so like, yeah, above class. And she was just, she was great. She was a great character. She was awesome. Yeah. But again, I felt they played off. Oh, yeah. Together, you're like, oh, this yeah. is... I could just watch a TV show about them. They're just fantastic. Like getting put in his place all the time. All the, yeah. Yeah. I can do my own plug-in. <laughs> it's just... Again, I love the writing for this movie. I feel like this movie is very... Mm -hmm kind of underappreciated for mm -hmm. its humor. I, I really do like this movie. I wouldn't say it's like a masterpiece, but it's a very strong movie and it certainly did not get the appreciation it deserved when it first came out in theaters. I, like, um, would you agree with that or? I'd, I'd be interested to see how I would have liked the movie when it came out. I would probably would have liked it a little bit more when I was that age. Yeah. But now I'm like, I just, like would I watch it again? Yes. More than other movies, which I think are better. This movie, it was a passion project mm -hmm. for John Musker and Ron Clements. Yeah. We were kind of talking about how like half the time or maybe a little bit more than half the time, a lot of passion projects often don't do well for the movie going public. Would you say that's kind of accurate? Oh, I think that there's something different about when you have to do something for somebody and then when you do something for yourself. I used to DJ weddings, and the music I would play at a wedding is not the music I would listen to every day. So I think when it comes to passion projects, because it's so personal to you, it's like you don't necessarily take other people's feelings into consideration. You're making something that you will cater specifically to you. Yeah. And I feel like the pitfall of that is that your preference might not be a universal preference. Yeah, because sometimes a passion project, it can become so personal, only you yourself, the creator, understands it. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes that creation is only something a mother can love, right? And you're the mom, you're the creator, yeah. right? But you could also argue too, I'm sure there's like equally as many examples where you do everything by the book and it's a type of movie that just has all the boxes checked off mm. and it just becomes like a soulless cash oh, grab. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a threshold that you can cross. Yeah, right? so again, it's like about balance. Kind of funny thinking back on this movie because like, um, I would say it's like one of the first few movies that I feel like was very much orientated for boys over girls. Would you agree? Like you could also argue the same with like Aladdin and Hercules, but I felt like with Treasure Planet, just by the nature of the story, because it has a father-son dynamic, it has the angsty male teen, that ha and he has this whole, you know, catcher in the rye complex, Ian Caulfield. I know, like, the directors themselves 
they said they specifically based their interpretation of Jim Hawkins on the main character of Catcher in the Rye, mm. who again is about, that novel is about like a very disenfranchised teenage boy. Mm -hmm. And you definitely see that in this interpretation of Jim Hawkins. I feel like nowadays, I, I think original stories are better for us nowadays because I feel like a lot of these books... Or fairy tale fairy adaptations? Tales is like, I don't know if it's... Relevant? Yeah, because I don't think... I don't I don't know about that. I almost feel like people still read a bit more back in the 90s because that's all we had. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't have Snapchat. They didn't have Snapchat back then. To no. Like be snapping our friends and like whatever. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like a generation that has grown up with social media is really going to care about some ancient book about uh, some kid who throws some seeds outside and... The plant grows quick. I don't necessarily agree. There's something uh, like timeless about fairy tales. I... And the meaning of those fairy tales are going to continue to change and evolve. The same with superheroes. But I feel like superheroes are the modern day fairy tale. Fair enough. Yeah. That's just my particular perception. I don't feel like... Well, I know I don't read much. I, I ought to read a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, Just diversify my, my knowledge. Right. But I just more than that, I don't feel like the demographic nowadays is going to be as acquainted with those kind of stories. I don't know. Or the knowledge of them in the first place as we... I don't know. Have you seen the numbers for Frozen? And <laughs> What story is it based off of, if any? The Snow Queen. The Snow Queen? I'm not even familiar with that story. It's a cr Hans Christian Andersen oh. fairy tale. Yeah. Although, of course, they take very little from the original source material. But that being said, yeah, it's based yeah, off not of... Even the names brought over. Yeah. Well, again, you call it the Snow Queen. Mm. Again, the suits in the marketing department are going to think no little boy is going to watch a movie called the Snow Queen. If it looks cool. If it looks cool, yeah. And again... Uh, it goes to show how different the marketing now is for Disney. I think I did uh, like a very shoddy-ish presentation of this um, in film school. You might have been in that class. It was like Suzanne's class where I compared the marketing of Beauty and the Beast to the marketing of Tangled. Mm. Beauty and the Beast, it had the sweeping classical orchestral music mm. and... It was very clear that it was the story of Beauty and the Beast, a young maiden, mm -hmm. a beast falling in love. It was a musical. And they were very unapologetic about that. Mm -hmm. Then you look at Tangled, which again, it's a very similar-ish movie to Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. It's a sweeping romantic adventure. Mm -hmm. It's a musical. There's a blonde girl in a pink dress, right? But the way that it was marketed it showed Flynn Rider slash Eugene being, um, having the crap beat, beaten out of him by hair twisted around his body mm. because we got appeal to the boys. And mm. yeah, so it's, it's just like that being said, I will agree with you. It's a very different demographic these days mm. and how to market to young people because I think we're a lot more cynical in this day and age right now yeah yeah which is definitely accurate but i think like classic fairy tales it's always gonna hold mm. hold a firm place in people's imaginations it's just all about i guess how you market mm -hmm. and interpret them and yeah okay. right so yeah. good second episode a little I better so. yeah, open. 
Yeah. Well, about the same amount of time. Yeah, but... We both got the gift of the gab. So. Yeah, we got the gift of the gab. Uh, some actual bantering this time, yeah, so that true. was fun. Uh, but yeah, guys, thank you so much again. But yeah, hopefully we'll keep uh, getting better at these. I'm certainly having a lot of fun. But yeah, please leave us a comment, and uh, we will see you in the next episode. And... I don't know, maybe in the next year, another two years, I might make another video essay. <laughs> uh, it's coming up. Yeah, kind of. Somewhat. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.